Hello, and welcome to the OTP, the One True Podcast for fanfiction readers, writers, and lovers. I'm your host and mod, Enthusiasm Girl. Hello again, everyone. I'm happy to be back with a new episode. I want to thank everyone listening for your patience as I work through some growing pains related to the podcast recently. I know I said we'd be back a little sooner. I've also been sick. You can kind of hear that in my voice right now and a little bit in the episode as well. Uh, Today's episode was very fun. It features two brand new contributors who I'm really excited to introduce to everyone. Uh, Their names are Yentl and Z. Uh, We had a really interesting conversation about something that I've been noticing more and more lately in my fandom spaces, I don't know about you listening, uh, which is the generation gap that exists in fandom between older and younger fans, and some of the ways it manifests itself in the kinds of fic that get written, and the way that readers and writers are interacting. Now, as always, please be advised that the show isn't for younger listeners, as in children. Uh, There's some swearing, some discussion of rape fic and smut, and just, as usual, some plain old strong language. And other than that, let's get right to it. I have with me today uh, two newer contributors. Uh, I have Yentl and I have Z. Hi. Um, and they are uh, <laughs> hi, hi, ladies. And they are newer, and we're going to have a little chat today about generation gaps in fandom. Um, I want to preface this by saying that we don't have the widest range of ages. Uh, there's nobody kind of who is, you know, 14, 15, 16, and on the youngest end in, in this chat today. And there's nobody on the older, older end. I know there are, you know, 40, 50-year-olds floating around out there, people even coming in as old as, you know, original series of Star Trek fandom. Uh, So we kind of have a smaller range, but we're going to try to talk as best as we can and speak to the different generations within fandom as best as we can. Um, And the first thing I want to do, though, is just kind of set the stage for this episode by talking a little bit about our own experiences in fandom and where we came in and what generation we are a part of. So I will start with you, Yentl, because you are kind of the youngest one in the room, correct? Yes, I'm 22. Okay. So what was your experience like when you came into fandom? What were the huge trends and generational things about when you started writing fic? Uh, when I got into English fandom, I was uh, Naruto was really big, uh, Harry Potter was really big, um, and like a lot of anime fic. So just not not just Naruto. I remember a lot of Code Geass, uh, Bleach later on as well, uh, like um, Orin High School Host Club. Just like the like the animes from back then, which are now kind of classic animes. Those were really big in fandom for like the fandom I was in. Okay, and where were you looking for fic? What was the internet like in the age of you kind of coming in saying, I want to find fic? Uh, I started uh, originally on like forums for the specific fandoms and later on on fanfiction.net is where I really like got into the English language fandom. Okay, Um, and moving over to you, um, Z, Mm -hmm. uh, what kind of was your experience like coming up in fandom as a young person and as a member of a a little more of an older generation than I think uh, Yentl's coming from. Well, um, I first started getting into fandom in like 
like the end of the 90s, beginning 2000s. So, you know, it was still really tiny, at least as far as I could tell. I mean, one of my friends in middle school introduced me to it. I was 12 or 11 when I first started reading and writing. And um, just kind of like what Yentl said, I mean, it's mostly anime was the big stuff then. And it was kind of really small, in my opinion. I mean, I don't know if I just maybe was missing out on the bigger stuff, but... I had my little corner and I was totally happy there. <laughs> okay. And where were you reading and kind of writing fic? What was the community like then? Um, I was exclusively on fanfiction.net for quite a while. I don't think I even realized that other things really existed. Um, I eventually branched out onto LiveJournal in the next couple of years, but for the most part, that was where I stayed. And so anime was the huge thing there, you know, it was it was the primary sort of you know, fan fiction. Okay. And Can just I to interject there? Yeah, of course. Because uh, I find that really interesting because I think I'm a part of the generation after LiveJournal. So I never used LiveJournal and I don't understand the website either. So I find that very interesting when people talk about like the days back from LiveJournal and I <laughs> don't know about it. <laughs> well, that's interesting. Well, that's interesting, too, because the the gap between the two of you, I was going to say, we're talking here in terms of, you know, generations, mm-hmm. but it's hardly really generations that we're talking about. Like, nobody's having babies in the time span that we're talking about. I mean, we are all chatting here technically considered millennials, mm-hmm. right? How old are you, uh, Z? I am 26. Right. So we're talking about four years, mm-hmm. right? Um, which is not much, but in the world of fan fiction, it really feels like more. Right. And that being said, I mean, I'm 31, I'm going to be 31 in a couple weeks. And for me, I feel like I came in and was almost pre live journal. I missed live journal entirely because when I started reading fic, it was also kind of the late 90s to early 2000s. So when I initially started, I think it was around, I started reading it in like 1997, 1998. I started writing it probably in between 1999, 2003. And then there was a period where I left fan fiction for a while. And that, to me, was like the live journal gap. (laughs) (laughs) By the time I came back, AO3 was a thing. And like I just missed the whole live journal thing because I was a little older than Yuzi. So uh, for me, the major fandoms coming in, I was pre-Harry Potter and I was pre-anime. It was Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It was Stargate. uh, It was still a lot of Star Trek. um, And it was initially at least a lot of geocities rooms so individual geocities rooms for each show where everybody was writing individual fic and you just kind of had to go look for it on yahoo mm-hmm. and see i remember um, geocities but i was never really a part of it it was one of those things that i think i was so interested in so many different things that i didn't look for individual rooms and so for me fanfiction.net just really worked because it had everything i wanted yeah, I mean, I loved fanfiction.net when I first found it. And now I look at it and I'm one of those fans who's like, oh, my God, it's the pit of voles. <laughs> <laughs> like, now I look back and AO3 to me is such a wonderful, wondrous thing that like now FF.net's like, OK, this site still looks like it did, mm-hmm. you know, when it launched. Um, but I yeah, like I feel like an old lady of fandom, which is, again, I'm only 31. Right. But I feel like even though that's only a difference of, say, nine years between me and you, Yentl, it's the difference between, like, downloading fan fiction to a floppy disk that's a text file to read on the family computer because smartphones and tablets and whatever else wasn't a thing and nobody had computers in their bedroom, you know? So um, it's it's a huge gap 
when it comes to that kind of thing, the speed of technology. Yeah, when um, you guys, yeah. <laughs> when you guys talk about GeoCities, like to me that is like a mythical website. I like, <laughs> I have only heard about this on like those posts on Tumblr where people are like, oh, back in the day of fandom. Yeah. I have no I, idea about GeoCities. But what I, I find interesting is that you say that when you came to AO3, it was already kind of going. It was, yeah. I came yeah. back to AO3 um, it, when I discovered Avengers fandom, and I had been just out of fic for probably seven or eight years. Mm-hmm. I just hadn't bothered. And so I watched Avengers, and I watched Captain America, and I remembered how much I loved Iron Man, and I thought, I want to go find this. And the first place I went was FF.net. Like, the first place mm-hmm. I went was fanfiction.net, and I, I downloaded an app, and I was reading that for a long time, and I just kept seeing in the author's notes, cross-posted at AO3, I was like, what the heck is AO3? I wasn't writing at the time. And then, um, so I went and Googled AO3 and got my invite. And I came in and I was like, it, it was like that scene in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory when they come into the candy room. <laughs> like, it was just like eyes wide of like, oh my God, no wonder it seems like all the best authors aren't really on FF.net anymore. And oh my God, look, author's notes at the top that are separated and tagging. And it actually made me write. So I specifically yeah. said to myself, I have to write something because I want to use this fun tagging system to tag my fic. And I want to use certain tags and I want to put in a nice author's note and I want to make a series. So it was exciting for me to come back to that. But um, yeah, like uh, using Dreamwidth for kink meme stuff was like my first experience with any kind of a live journal like type of a platform. Mm-hmm. And it just mystified me. The whole live journal thing just like whoosh <laughs> went by me. Yeah. Um, so my question now then is I want to get into some of the more contentious things that happen in fandom when you have an older set of people and a younger set of people who have these kind of clashing ideals and clashing fandoms and clashing expectations of what fandom should be and clashing senses of entitlement as to what fandom should be giving them and uh, the etiquette, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I want to preface this again by saying that some we are each going to bring up things. They are not necessarily things that we specifically believe about different generations within fandom, but what I want to do is give us a chance to kind of air the major grievances that we've seen on this kind of generational divide, right? So I'm going to start because you are the youngest, Yentl, and and ask you, as someone your age, what are the biggest complaints or things that you see other people your age complaining about related to these fans who are part of this older generation who kind of came in through LiveJournal or GeoCities or other places and have different etiquettes and expectations. What are they doing wrong in the eyes of people who you speak to your own age group and your own generation? And be as blunt as you'd like, because we're going to counter it in a second. Yeah, uh, I think one of the major things I see, which I have to preface, it's not necessarily among my age group, but just a few years younger, like people who are still in their teens. I see a lot of them complaining about uh, older fans being creepy. Like, it's creepy that older fans write smut, or it's creepy that older fans read smut written by younger fans. Uh, like, that is one of the things I see, or just like, oh, older fans have no place in fandom, uh, because like, you know, you're 40, you should have a job, what are you doing on Tumblr? Um, yeah. Which I, something that I see in my generation, like my age group specifically, is that um, people are starting to appreciate the value that having older friends in fandom can have. Because I notice myself as well, like, I have a lot of like 30-something fandom friends, 
who can give me great life advice. You know, I can just be like, oh, you know, like I'm struggling with this in college, you know, like, is it going to get better or can you give me advice? And a lot of older fans are able to help me with that. And I think that like once you're in your early 20s, you're more open to that. Whereas like when you're 16, you're like, oh, but I'm already like an adult and grown like... You know, <laughs> I remember like when I was 16, I also thought I was really like mature for my age. And then like when you grow up a bit, you're like, oh, no, I was a child. So, yeah. Do you feel like some of the issues of older fans being creepy? Um, do you feel like the platforms that a lot of younger fans use have a percentage of older people? Or do you feel like younger fans tend to exist in a bubble? Because to me, one of the big generational divides that I see is that I can go someplace like Tumblr, and Tumblr tends to be people who are younger, right? Almost entirely. Although I do know a lot of people my own age on Tumblr. I feel like we are perceived, even though we're there, as kind of anomalous. Like, yeah. oh, what are you doing on Tumblr? And then when I go to somewhere like an Anon forum, like Dreamwith, like Kink Memes or Fail Fandom Anon, it is seem it seems to me, because it's all Anon, remember, I can't tell, but it seems to me to be exclusively where older fans have congregated, and there doesn't seem to be a lot of the younger people there, or if they are, they're in the same mindset as the older fans, right? So do you feel like some of that is just if a young person encounters an older fan in their space, it's creepy and they're territorial? Uh, I can imagine that, especially on Tumblr, where it's very easy to live in a bubble. Like, a lot of people think, like, oh, everyone else on Tumblr shares my view because they follow people who exclusively, like, cater to their views, usually. Uh, so then when they encounter someone who is older, they're like, oh, you know, that's weird. Like, I don't follow anyone of that age group. Whereas I think there are quite a lot of, like, older fans on Tumblr, but maybe, like, they don't interact with the younger fans. Um what I do really notice is like there's the newer websites like Wattpad and stuff that really seem to be dominated by younger fans, which is also like somewhere I don't really go because I don't really like understand. It. And I also don't feel like I am part of that because that's like more the, the teens uh, age group. Uh, but yeah, I think especially on Tumblr, it's pretty mixed. Whereas like indeed on LiveJournal, like people of my age group generally like either don't know it or don't understand it. Or they like, I remember I went on Live Journal once and I just don't know how to find communities. So I think that might be one of the things, what, like one of the reasons why younger fans don't go there because they don't understand it and they have their, their stuff like Wattpad and Tumblr already. Um, so, um, Z, I will let you be the first then to kind of do, do you have anything you want to say, being a few years older at least, mm -hmm. to counter any of the opinions that somebody Yentl's age or younger might have? Um, I don't know about counter, but I mean, I can definitely agree with certain things like the technology gap is probably what sort of contributes a lot to people in different gen generations or ages or whatever having issues with other people is that, you know, you, you see this new thing coming around. Like, honestly, that app thing you just mentioned, Yendel, I have no idea what that is. So it's the kind of thing where s new stuff comes around and so the older stuff sort of fades away and the younger generation that gets into fandom comes into this new technology that the older people don't know about. So it kind of reinforces that bubble, like you said, and, you know, people just naturally get separated. And... The, the creeper thing, though, honestly, I do have something to say about that. That that to me is just hilarious because, you know, we've been there, too. We, we you know, a lot of us have been in fandom since we were younger. And so we've been on that other side. And now that we're older, it's kind of funny to hear 
younger people telling us that because we're in this fandom or we're writing this, you know, pairing or whatever, that it makes us creepy. And it's like, you know, older people can enjoy stuff like this, too. It doesn't make us creepy. Well, also, I think maybe there's an expectation that older people like different fandoms than younger people, which is entirely not true, right? Like, um, a lot of older people my age are not still writing Stargate fic and Star Trek fic and Buffy (laughs) fic, right? Like, they are into new fandoms. They are into young stuff. They like anime. Um, They like, I love Steven Universe, right? Like, I love Marvel. Um, So this expectation that if you're older, you can't enjoy something is kind of silly. And what angers me about that is that, um, and this goes into something that I want to talk about as a generational thing of, I feel I've heard older people say about younger fans, Mm -hmm. which is to me, um, there's not sometimes I think enough awareness among younger fans that you're here building on something older fans built, Mm -hmm. right? So, so to say that older fans are like creepy, I mean, I've seen stuff on Tumblr come by my dash as well. That's like, if you're over 30, what are you doing on Tumblr? Yeah. And, and it just like, and it just makes me, it makes me angry. And it also makes me laugh because it really just shows that the person who wrote that, and, and I'm going to be blunt here because I know Yentl, you, you will counter it, right? Like I, it just, to me, belies an ignorance that that person has about fandom right? And it belies an entitlement that they have about fandom. Because the fact is, um, the OTW is not run by a bunch of 17, 18, 19 year olds. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, mess it would and, be. Yeah, I was gonna right, say, it would be interesting. Is, is, <laughs> it would be interesting. I think it would be a much different place. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that older fandom, people forget, um, came in and built these communities. So a lot of what younger fans are doing are off of the hard work of older fans. And I also think that, you know, why are older fans writing all this smut? Well, to be honest, um, you know, if you look at the demographics, older fans write the majority of the smut. And certainly I would say the best smut I've ever read is by older people. And I can tell when I read smut if a 17-year-old wrote it. I'm sorry, I can't. <laughs> I can't too. You're fine. <laughs> Uh, so when you're reading that good smut and you're at the same time then being like, why are people older in fandom? Well, a lot of what you're enjoying is coming from older fans, right? Who, who have that background and that experience and breadth of, of knowledge to kind of bring to fandom. Now, on on the other hand of that, I do think that I really do go into some places sometimes like Fail Fandom Anon and see a huge amount of hostility coming back to younger fans where older fans will refer to them as, you know, ungrateful. I have, and one thing that I'll talk about that I really dislike is that I have actually seen older fans using the phrase SJW in the same kind of hostile tone that like a men's rights activist would, <laughs> which, which to me yeah, is. <sighs> To me, that is being your own worst enemy, right? Um, I think there is a lot of hostility towards what some older fans perceive as Tumblr culture, where you have to always um, tiptoe around these young kids and they want to police fandom, um, which I, I think is wrong. I think it's blatantly wrong. I don't think there's anything wrong with younger fans saying to a person who's been writing Slash for 40 years, hey, you need to examine that. <laughs> You have biases and things inherent in doing that that you should maybe examine. I also don't think there's anything wrong, though, with older fans 
who are then responding to the younger fans wanting to the, to police fandom to say, you know, you can say I need to examine that. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And that's fandom. And you have to be OK with me being here, too. Right. That's kind of the problem, though, is that, you know, people are so intent on policing things that I and I mean, this is probably really bad of me, but um, I feel like it's the younger people a lot of the time who are going to the extremes where anything that has any sort of negative connotation like um, rape fic or, you know, or um, domestic violence or things like that, that it shouldn't exist at all in their eyes. And, you know, I understand that those are difficult subjects and they're very sensitive, but just because they're difficult and sensitive doesn't mean we can't explore them, you know, and talk about them. It's, there has to be a limit. Right. And it doesn't also mean that if we do want to explore them, we're obligated to do it in a non-trashy way. Exactly. (laughs) Like we don't need to show receipts necessarily for our entitlement to explore them. Right. (laughs) Um, Yentl, uh, what do you think of that charge being leveled against younger fandom, that they seem to be the ones doing more of the policing? Um, regarding to the policing, I, I see it a lot as well. Um, and I think it may be in part because the younger fans, I think, grew up in a way where maybe on the internet you can have like a larger audience more easily. So, like, they grew up in the era of Twitter, where you can just send out your thoughts to literally everyone, which, like, back in the days of LiveJournal might have been more difficult, because you would be more speaking to your own audience. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, like, they really, like, know how easy, like, it, it's just really easy to say, like, oh, that's problematic, it shouldn't exist. Like, you're angry, you're just, like, typing your angry message, and it's out there. And, like, all the nuance goes away. But also, especially on Tumblr, it's uh, which is where a lot of these things are, it's really hard to have a conversation. So, like, if you post your angry, angry Tumblr post, you don't really, you're not really able to engage in a conversation with someone who might have a counter argument, because they will just like tack it onto your post, and then people who agree with that will reblog it again. But the original poster might only see like the notes they're getting, which they think are all people who agree with them, for example. Um, and we we talked about Tumblr also allowing people to live in a bubble. Do you think yeah. that there's a generational gap? Because when, to, to me, when I was an older fan and I was first coming into fan fiction, I, I just there are things that I think younger fandom doesn't necessarily realize, right? Which is that in the early days of fan fiction, first off, all the charges of policing that people are leveling against certain things. And I'm going to include one here that I saw recently that I know that I'm going to get some pushback of like, no, that's wrong and there's reasons. But um, after the Orlando shooting, which I know is a weird, a terrible thing to be bringing up, to remind people about, but I saw a lot of real vitriolic hatred going out to anybody who either asked for or wrote fic about characters dealing with the aftermath of something like that. Really? Right? I didn't see and that. I, yeah, and I, I did read PSAs. a really good fic of that, which like yeah. made me cry, so... And, and I saw PSAs going out in fandoms on Tumblr saying, PSA, don't write this, it's wrong. Oh. I, uh, that See, that bugs me because we, I mean, you've talked about before in other shows, I've heard you, you know, certain people use fic to, you know, sort of cope with disasters mm-hmm. and things like that. Like, I've read a few stories that have characters reacting to, like, natural disasters, like after um, 
the earthquake in Japan and, you know, all the, the nuclear disaster there, a lot of thick, I noticed, kind of sprung up that was natural disasters like tornadoes and things like that. It's just, it's a good way for people to, you know, get their thoughts out and, and figure out where they are and how they feel about it. And, you know, they, they deserve the right to do that about a shooting as well. I mean, it's, it's part of our lives. Yeah. And, and I also I was oh. I also think that the the fans of the age group who are policing those things I think they are after the generation because I'm still of the group of people where every fan fiction started with don't like don't read and mm-hmm. the people who are now getting into fandom don't see that no one puts don't like don't read above their fic anymore so I think maybe they don't have that mindset of oh if I don't like it maybe I just shouldn't read it but they instead police and say it shouldn't exist well, what I was going to say is I also think that there's a misunderstanding because in, in the days when I started reading fic on a place like fanfiction.net, as you guys should know, um, there's no warning system, mm-hmm. right? There's no way of knowing what you're getting, basically. You're kind of going off of the summary, and if you get in and halfway through it becomes a violent rape fic, oh, well. Like, you had to take it on faith everything you read. And right? the summary was like and, 10 words, usually. Right, and you couldn't know whether it was slash or het. There was no way to know if it was going to be a romance fic or what it was going to be. And what people also forget is, one of the posts, I, why I brought it up, is one of the things I saw on this one of these PSAs about not writing shooting, af, shooting aftermath fic was, well, it's just tasteless. That's why you shouldn't do it. And what I wanted to do was just say to that person, Okay, so if you're saying now that underage and rape fic and certain things are tasteless, well, you know, 10 years ago, there were people in fandom who were adamant that Slash was tasteless. Oh, yes. That smut period was tasteless. So the fact of the matter is, is that we have created an environment that's very open to kink and we've created an environment that's very open to these kinds of things. But the minute you start picking and choosing the things that everybody decides have crossed the line versus haven't, it all goes away, mm-hmm. right? Because one person's idea of tasteless might be just what somebody else is looking for. And we live now in a world where AO3 and other sites give you so many tools that give you a personal responsibility to not see something you don't want to see. So, yet Tumblr lets you live in a bubble, and so maybe people are just surprised that things exist outside that bubble, but you can click the unfollow button, right? And on AO3, (laughs) right, and on AO3, um, I've seen people saying, oh, don't put this or that in your tags. And it's like, you can filter tags out. Mm -hmm. So, if you want to see a certain pairing, but you don't, I put a, I think I put up something on the Tumblr recently that was about, well, don't put this type of pairing on a a Hydra Trash Party fic because people looking for that pairing don't want to see Hydra Trash Party. Mm -hmm. And it was like, no, you need to go in and you need to go to the filter and you need to say, I want to see this pairing. Please don't show me Hydra Trash Party. Do you know what I mean? I have to say, though, I I read how to do that and I cannot get it to work for me (laughs) to filter out things. So maybe this is a thing that other people are running into because I am pretty handy with computers, but I cannot figure out an AO3. Like, it doesn't work. Like, I can enter in this thing, but it still shows me the the tags. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping I can talk to people about tagging for the show at some point. Um, People from the OTW, I hope. But yeah, I mean, I've I've had some success managing to get it to work. I've had to fuss with it a little bit. Mm -hmm. But I mean, you can get it to work in certain cases. I think it's just if you're putting in your quote marks and stuff, it's a little mm-hmm. tricky. 
But the fact is, is that like AO3 really goes out of its way to make sure that there's a clear warning system. You know, even if you are seeing stuff come up that's not for you, when I go through, I might, you know, look for a tag and it's like, okay, that's obviously not for me. That's obviously not for me because the tagging system is even set up in a way where you can get a pretty clear sense of what to expect when you click something. Yeah. Right. So, uh, and again, I, I do feel like that's like a younger person thing, maybe because they just have come into a fandom where they're able to live in that bubble where they don't have to see what they don't want to see. So when then they have to, they're like, why do I have to? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it comes down to personal responsibility again, though. You know, even if you don't have the tagging system, the, the filtering system working on AO3, you know, if you see a tag that says something that you don't want to see, then, you know, keep scrolling. It's not, I mean, I understand the frustration of seeing it, but it's not like you have to click on the story, I guess, if that makes sense. No. Yeah. And I, I want to give this a little more nuance to come and come back to you know, something you said that actually I think is fair to, to level against um, the older generation as well, though, which is um, I do think that younger fans probably do have a better sense that you are speaking to a bigger audience than ever before, mm-hmm. right? So I think some of the concern from younger fans does come from the fact that, you know, 20 years ago, if you were producing underage Harry Potter fan art for LiveJournal, um, it was likely that the only people seeing it were the people specifically searching out underage Harry Potter fan art for LiveJournal, right? Yeah. Versus if you Google Harry Potter now, that might be the first thing that comes up regardless of if the person is eight years old, right? Yeah, it's like the stuff with the My Little Pony fandom where I think like a lot of the arguments of the not safe for work My Little Pony fan art are pretty... Uh, like they're they're pretty solid when little kids Google My Little Pony and they see these ponies doing things you might not want to see as a little kid. Um, like I think those are some solid arguments, and I think that might, in a way, uh, like translate to you know the underage fic, for example, because it's yeah. easy to find. Well, yeah, I think younger fans are more concerned about that. They're looking at the bigger picture, saying, "Look, like what are we putting out there?" Um, and they're not recognizing necessarily the individual right to write what you want, right? Mm-hmm. They're not looking at it from the freedom of speech perspective. They're looking at it from the overall kind of impact on the culture. And I think the same thing goes for the social justice stuff that gets older fans sometimes riled up. And I think older fans as well, just to make sure we're being fair here, I've seen them accuse younger fans of policing in cases where, no, they just want you to be able to be self-aware and self examine right? So there is a difference between a younger fan who is going on someone's AO3 page to a fic that's rape, that's tagged six ways from Sunday for rape, that is a pairing that's obviously rape, and that this person at the top says, hey guys, this is a rape fic, I don't care, I'm writing it. It, it, You know, to go on to that person's fic on AO3 and be like, you're a piece of shit. That, to me, is different than the stuff we do on this show sometimes, which is saying, look, this particular practice really does broadly speak to internalized misogyny. Mm-hmm. Or to say, hey, we need to actually think about maybe whether or not there should be so much slash in fandom. Or we need to challenge ourselves as fans as to the kinds of slash pairings that we're writing. Or we need to rethink um, some of the practices of how we're writing a rape fic, right? And what we're putting out there. I think that that is different than actual policing and being wanting stuff to go away or being harassing someone, right? And I think older fans get really defensive sometimes really quickly when you say to them, eh, maybe there's some real stuff inherent in you liking John Locke that's kind of problematic. An older fan will respond the same way as if you just called them 
like a racist or something. Do you know what I mean? Like, definitely. And I can also imagine that may maybe may stem from where you know, as an older fan, you may have had to deal with people saying, you know, slash shouldn't exist, and now it is, you know, underage shouldn't exist. But then you might get that defensiveness that you had for slash, however many years ago. Yeah, and I I was talking to some other friends generally recently about nerdiness, and we were talking about the idea of nerdiness. And I said, you know, for a whole generation of kids, I don't think it exists as a concept, right? Mm-hmm. You, you have to remember that you the generation gap of even my age to your age, gentle or younger, is that when I was in school, I had to fight to like Buffy and Star Trek. That was a thing that if I told other people in my group, in my class, that I liked, I would get bullied, right? That was a thing that was looked down on as, can't you make any real friends? And it was just not a cool thing. It wasn't something you would proudly wear on a t-shirt around the school. It was something a group of misfits who felt lonely, who were near suicidal, all shared. Um, and it felt like a badge of honor to that you had to suffer to like it. So for a whole generation of people to now have these younger kids in this younger generation where that stuff's the cool kid stuff, Mm-hmm. You can go into Hot Topic and you can buy Marvel Comics stuff and you can buy anime stuff and you can buy stuff and it's something that even the cool kids will pretend that they like to be cool and fit in even if they don't. There's there's a sense that from the older fans of like, no, you had to walk through coals to like that. You don't get to just like that. You don't get to just wear a shirt and have it be a shirt because you think it's cool. You have to walk through hot coals and you have to get punched in the face and you need to suffer to like that because we had to suffer to like that. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think that that's right, but I think that there is still like an, a, an innate kind of getting your back up defensiveness among older fans of like... You guys didn't suffer the same way that we did. We had to be ashamed of this for so long. You know, you don't get to now tell us that we should be ashamed of ourselves again. You're yeah. in it. That's why we're here is to not be told to be ashamed of ourselves. So I can see it from both sides, right? Yeah, that's very enlightening to me, actually. Like, I, I see that in the arguments I see, but I didn't realize that. Uh, and it kind of reminds me of uh, another thing you said, like, a little while back is... Um, the expectations that younger fans have about other fans in their fandom, like they expect them to be their age, which I think is, uh, especially in my age group as well, because the adult role models we had growing up weren't in fandom. Like, because my adult role models, like my teachers when I was in high school and my my parents, they are too old for like old, old school internet fandom. So like... Um, but then, like, when I see someone on Tumblr who is an adult, I think, like, oh, but, you know, they should be, like, my mom or my teachers who are just, like, into boring stuff, you know? It yeah. comes back so, to sort of the the generation gap. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, our parents didn't really have the technology that we have or that younger people have. And so the idea of us, like, personally, my mother is always telling me to get off the computer because she thinks I'm not being social. And it's like, you know, that is my social outlet is on the computer. And so just that change, it sort of shows that how much, how much technology has changed, how fandom works, how people work, how people communicate with each other and how communities are formed. Yeah. But then like for younger fans, it's really weird to see that people of the same age of their teachers telling them, you know, who are telling them like, oh, you know, you shouldn't be on your phone because it's antisocial. And people of that same age group are also on Tumblr being fans. Like it might, I understand how that might be weird to them because they don't associate that age group with something cool that they like. 
Well, and it's interesting, too, because there's a misconception that older people always across the board don't know technology. Mm-hmm. So it's easy to overlook the fact that there are older people who have enthusiastically embraced it and, like, love Snapchat and understand younger people apps. And, like, when I uh, started getting into fandom and doing conventions, one of the conventions that I worked for um, as a volunteer was a, a Toronto uh, science fiction convention that had initially been a Star Trek convention. And this convention, when it ended, was 27 years old. It's about the same age as me, if it was still around. And the thing that blew my mind was that these people who'd been running this convention, one year they gave me all of the program books to previous years because they wanted me to put together some anniversary stuff. And we're talking about stuff like program books that were printed not just pre-internet, but like early computing. So these would have been laid out by hand in pen and pencil and like taken to a printer and printed and they still look archaic by our standards now. Right. Um, And they were doing this before the Internet existed. They were forming these communities. They were taking payments by mail. It was a whole thing. But these people who were now in their like 40s, 50s, even 60s. Most of them had really embraced the internet and computers. And I know now a lot of them from that convention who are all about Snapchats and they're all about being online and talking to other fans. And they're very much, um, because they initially loved technology anyway and like they were always the early adopter and they just got excited by new technology. They are the, I know more of them who are on Twitter than I do people who are younger. Right. So there are also, I think, some mistaken assumptions. And, and again, This is another one, which is most of the people who I know from this convention who organized this Star Trek convention were women. Yeah. So there's a lot of assumptions that people make about what a fan looks like that I think are very, very wrong. That if you go in with that assumption, you're going to make some errors of judgment when dealing with people by not realizing the diversity of people and ages and genders and races and whatever who are in fandom. Um, so Z, uh, we haven't heard as much from you. Um, so we kind of stuck ourselves on Yentl's initial, uh, answer to the question when we were talking about complaints or things people complain about, um, about other generations. But do you have any particular things, um, in your age group or younger or older that you see people complaining about on either side of the generational gap? Um, I suppose mostly it's just the fact that, People on both sides, honestly, are kind of, it's the gatekeeping. You know, we we use that term a lot. I see that term a lot, but it it really is true. You have the people who are younger who are like, oh, well, this is my thing. This is the new thing. And why are you older people in it? But then you also have on the other side, older people complaining about younger kids trying to poke their noses into things that they think they shouldn't be in. And, you know, it's kind of funny to me because that's the only way our fandom is going to keep going and keep growing and getting better is by introducing new people into it and bringing in those new points of view. And it, you know, you have to be open. It's just, it's so funny to me to watch people just close it down because they think that that age group shouldn't be a part of it. And the, the assumptions, like you said earlier, I mean, the assumptions that people make about each other based on either what they're writing or, how the how it's written it's just silly honestly so can can i bring up some of these silly things so um yensel maybe you can help me out here Mm -hmm. um as an older person uh i have made a little list of things uh for any other older people who are listening here um of things that i feel like are younger fandom things that i just kind of don't get Mm -hmm. okay (laughs) i will um, Um, try to respond 
<laughs> yes. And, and also, I mean, you mentioned one of them, which is Wattpad. But mm-hmm. I think part of the appeal of Wattpad to younger fans is that RPF and Bandom were not as big when I was coming into fandom. We were not writing NSYNC fan fiction at the level that people are writing 1D fan fiction on Wattpad, which to me, Wattpad seems to be where all of the RPF kind of is more yeah. living. Yeah, I, and I started out with RPF, like, for the first two years in fandom, I wrote RPF. So what do you think the generational difference is that means that you guys are all about fandom and RPF and YouTube RPF, too, uh, versus maybe older people coming in? Do you think there's a particular reason you guys are more drawn to that kind of fic? I think maybe YouTube may play a part in that, because for fandom, it's like, through YouTube, it's really easy to follow your band, but also through like Instagram and Facebook, like and then Twitter and stuff. Like compared to back when, like the show, like for example, Star Trek was like the source. Now you have like the music, but you also have the band interacting with each other on Twitter and interacting on Facebook, and you have like little vlogs that they maybe do. So there's more content for bands now compared to in the past. Maybe. I can agree with that. It's, Wild gas. And especially yes. because you get, you know, you as a fan can interact with them more and see what they're doing and sort of get, so a lot of people feel like they have a closer relationship with them because of that. And so they feel like, oh, I can totally write fan fiction about this person. I know them so well. So I, I feel like that's probably a big part of that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that kind of ties into the other one I wanted to ask about, which is, I really suspect that there's not a lot of older fans writing slash reader fic, but boy, there seems to be a lot of it lately. I've noticed that. I I think it's also because, um, at least for most of the people I know, they got into fandom through slash reader fic and later on started writing other stuff. Like my first few fics were also slash reader fics and the first fics I read were also slash reader fics. But now like... Honestly, I wouldn't touch it with, like, a 10-foot pole because I find it so awkward. (laughs) It is so weird. I agree with you. (laughs) What is the appeal, though, I think, to someone really young? Is it similar to writing a Mary Sue, do you think, but it's just more open about what you're doing? See, I I can see that because when I was little, my very first story, I remember it. I still have it somewhere. Um, My very first story ever was that I put a character into Yu-Gi-Oh actually that she was essentially me. You know, I she didn't have my name, but she was pretty much me. And so I think that for the younger people especially who haven't been through relationships and been in love and had those sorts of connections with people, the idea of having this character that you view as a sort of perfect individual and being like, "Oh, well, I want to be with that person," you know. And so it's I could see that's why. And so the slash reader stuff is just more personal as opposed to Mary Sue's I guess yeah I think a lot of it is self-insert as well and also in a way of that for a lot of like the really young fans is maybe like their first celebrity crush and Mm. writing and reading that fan fiction is also like a safe way to explore that like without actually having to go talk to a guy and you know possibly do stuff you can just like read fan fiction and fantasize while being safe in your house and not you know it's not possible to go to the actual band person you know, oh, yeah. it's interesting. It's interesting because initially I thought this list was full of things with very different explanations. But as we're talking about them, I think they all have the same root because the next thing I was going to bring up was college and high school AUs and like coffee shop AUs. Yeah. Because I know that those weren't floating around, you know, when I came into fandom. And I, it's probably the same impulse, right? Um, is, you know, if you're writing Hamilton fan fiction, you might not want to be bogged down by all the revolutionary stuff and you might just care about doing a self insert. 
And so um, high school AU or college AU is just an easier way to do that, right? I think with that one, though, for, for me especially, was that I started reading and writing that sort of stuff when I was in college. And so the fact that I was experiencing that, reading that experience for characters that I enjoyed made it I don't know, more fun, I guess, because I could understand and relate to them a lot more. And so it made me enjoy it a lot more. Exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so we're going to wrap this up and we're going to talk a little bit about um, how we think we can all kind of better bridge those generation gaps in fandom. And we've, we've covered it a little bit already, right? Mm -hmm. um, but I'll start with you, uh, Z, and then we'll go to you, Yentl, after. So, Z, how do you think that we can bridge those gaps? How do you think we can make sure that fandom stays this great multi-generational place and we don't all live in bubbles? I think people just need to be a little bit more understanding. You know, don't don't use your age as a weapon and don't use other people's age as a weapon. You know, be understanding that everybody from any generation or any age can enjoy a thing. I mean, you know, my little brother is nine years old and he loves the heck out of Transformers. And then I have older friends who are in their 30s and 40s who also love Transformers. They just happen to have been introduced to it in a different way. And, you know, having that understanding of, People are going to come into fandoms differently, but just because they came into it differently and they're a different age or a different ideology or whatever, you know, that doesn't mean that what they have to offer is negative or bad. It's just something more to add to fandom and what we do, you know, enjoy it. Don't, you know, turn your nose up at it just because they happen to be 15 years old. Absolutely. And Yentl, what do you think? How can we bridge those gaps a little more? Yeah, I think that something that a lot of people maybe not don't realize is that like the size of the fanfiction community is really only limited by the gatekeeping. Like it's not as if when you let certain people into the fandom, like there isn't space for others. Like the fandom is, you know, it can be as big as as many people want to be in it, but when you keep people out, you know, it like it it doesn't create more space for more people like you who you want to be in fandom. Exactly. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's actually a really uh, great way, I think, to state it. And I mean, for the record, I want to also point out that all the things here that we've been pegging as young people things or old people things, young people do the old people things and vice versa, right? Like, there are young people who are out there right now, you know, shaking their fists, being like, these damn SJWs, just let me write my, you know, Kylux fic. Like, it, it goes to both sides, right? Um, yeah. And you're right. I think what we should be really striving for is the most inclusive, big fan fiction community imaginable. And I think the thing that the gatekeeping does is it narrows what fan fiction is. So yeah. it means that when people come to the fic community, they only see those narrow points of view. Um, and an example of that is I know for a fact that this happened not just to me, but to some other fans, which is when Star Wars fandom initially exploded around last Christmas, you know, a lot of people were really excited. I saw those movies and I was like, I could write fic for those movies. Mm -hmm. And within about three weeks, when I saw the really angry rhetoric happening on either side of the like, you like Finn Poe and if you don't, that means you're a racist and that oh, means yeah. you're a homophobe mm -hmm. versus I like Kylux and I'm only going to write the trashiest Kylux rape fic and don't you dare tell me I can't and I'm I'm devoted to that. Suddenly, it was like, there's no room for anything else in Star Wars fandom. Yeah. There's these two camps, and that's it. And obviously, nobody's looking for anything else, and you're on one side or the other. So, like, God forbid that you want to write, you know, Kylo Ren Wayfic, and then you want to go write a Finn Poe fic. 
Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, who knows if you wanted to write even some other pairing entirely. It just felt like there's no room at the table for anything except these really the two loudest, strongest points of view. Right? Yeah. So it discourages people from coming into fandom when they come in and all they see is the wank and all they see is the fighting. Especially for Star Wars, which is also like, you know, if you haven't seen the original movies, then (laughs) you're not like a legitimate fan. Yeah, there's just a lot of infighting, which is the first thing people see when they come in the door. The legitimate fan thing is something I see a heck of a lot, too. I mean, I know. I I remember very distinctly a a review I got on one of my stories on fanfiction where it was somebody who was proclaiming to be, you know, oh, I watched the show since it first came out and all the, and you, you must be an immature 12 year old that hasn't even seen the show and, you know, just going on. And it's like, you don't know that about me. You can't make that claim and besides why does it matter you know i enjoy this thing you enjoy this thing let's enjoy this thing together yeah and that goes into the thing i had mentioned i think about older fans feeling like you had to walk through the coals Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like i really think that that is what a lot of that is coming from right is like i put the time in i put the energy in you didn't ergo you can't love this thing as much as me And, and you get a lot of like you're loving it the wrong way yes yeah um and yeah, I think that, that that stuff is ultimately pointless. Um, again, another example from a convention, when the new Star Trek movies came out, I went to a panel at, you know, said Star Trek convention, and the panel was called My Star Trek Has Vulcan. And it was an hour of a couple of older Star Trek fans really being the rudest people I've ever seen in a room calling the new Star Trek movie utter garbage. My Kirk's eye color is this. My my. Star Trek has Vulcan. That wasn't Star Trek, and anybody who likes it has absolutely no claim to call themselves a Star Trek fan, and they need to get off my damn lawn. Oh my god. That was, yeah, for an hour. And, and this I also, was, like, had I been there, because I'm currently watching the original series because I love the reboot. Yeah. And, like, if I had been there and I hadn't seen the original series yet, I would run, 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 and never, like, see it. Yeah. And the thing is, is I can remember I was the only one there who had the guts at the time to like stand up and challenge these people at the front of the room. And I stood up and I said, listen, I said, it doesn't matter how you feel about the movie as older original series fans, because there's a few things here. One, the original series still exists. Go watch it. Mm -hmm. Nobody's ruining that for you. Two, if you hate the movie and feel it's not Star Trek, but even one fan who is young leaves that movie and says I want to go watch the whole original series and go write Star Trek original series fiction and I don't like the movie anymore either but boy I love this original show that's a win for you because otherwise with Star Trek being as dead as it was at the time in 10 years you're in this room yelling at each other it's (laughs) a gateway it's you know the new stuff is it opens up the fandom to people who don't know about it you know it's you've got to embrace it because it means your fandom's going to continue Right. I think it's similar to like Marvel fa- Marvel comic book fans saying you're not a real fan if you only started reading the comics because of the movies. Yes. And it's like, no, we are keeping the comics alive with our yeah. money. <laughs> well, not just that. I was, I was going to bring that up because I'm one of those fans who started reading them after the movies. But you know what? I back read. Same. Like, Me it's too. Not I like have I... like, a whole, like a whole thing of them here. And it was work and it was effort. And to be honest with you, my opinions about all those years of comics are just as valid as yours, even if I wasn't reading them in real time. And the fact is, I didn't just stop at the movies. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Now you have someone to talk about those old Marvel comics with. 
Yeah. So, yeah, it seems kind of futile to me um, when you don't bridge those gaps and when you don't find ways to bring older and younger fans together, you just end up with nobody in fandom. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. And on that note, I do, especially for the comics, really want to applaud that I see a, a few blogs on Tumblr, just like a select few who are really open to just complete nerds being like, I want to read Daredevil. I don't know where to start. Can you please give me a list? And they just give you a list in order like, oh, read these. These are really good. These you can skip or, you know, read them if you want. And like I love new fans can that. get into that. And I'm so grateful for those people who are open to new fans and willing to help them. I love doing that when I've read a whole set of something. I love doing that for anybody who's getting into something. But the, the fact is, right, is that it comes back again. And this is, I think, a good note to kind of end this episode on, Yentl. So thank you for bringing it back up to the fact that you said it at the beginning. If you embrace older fans as a younger person or if you embrace younger fans as an older person, it, it's better for you. Like, they can give you great life advice if they're either younger or older. A younger person can be like, this is how you use Snapchat, older person. And the next week, you can be Snapchatting it up and just loving it. And like, hey, thanks, I didn't know about this. Mm -hmm. And at the same breath, an older person can really help you discover things in fandom that you didn't know about and can say to you, like, it gets better, right? So I think having those intergenerational relationships that aren't your parents you know, is incredibly useful. In our erotica episode, we also talked about that, about the way that, you know, for a lot of people, fan fiction, if you're reading smut written by older people, it's, you're getting the sex talk from older people in a way that's much less awkward than your mom and dad. Exactly. Right? Like, <laughs> so. Especially if you're like not heterosexual. Exactly. So I, I think that we really just need to value each other across the aisle a lot yeah. and respect what we're all bringing to the table. And I would hope that anyone listening to this episode, you know, next time you pass a, a slash reader fic or a coffee shop AU and you go, oh, get out of my fandom, God, I, I hope that you go, no, you know, you can be here. I'm just going to keep scrolling and I'm happy that you're here. And I would hope that the reverse is true, right? And we can, we can have some chill. Everybody I agree. Everybody gets to have their own opinions. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So that is our show. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks again to Yentl and Z for being so informative and having such thoughtful and interesting things to say on the topic. Uh, we did get a couple of interesting responses to the questions we posed in our Fusion AU's episode on the Dream With, so I want to do a little bit of listener feedback. Uh, so if you remember, in the Fusions episode, Chris wanted to know if people frequently read Fusions in which they didn't know one of the fandoms. So Nayron Rose did reply with the following. Uh, they said, Occasionally I'll read Fusion AUs if I'm not familiar with the other fandom. I read an Avengers Tamarare fic and then got into reading Tamarare. I'll read Avengers Damon AUs since I haven't read his Dark Materials. I've read some interesting fusions with Glee characters in various worlds, but mostly they were worlds I was familiar with. If it's a fandom I've heard of, but I'm not watching the show and or don't think it would be my thing, I will skip it. So, uh, thank you for that, and remember that you can always check us out at otpodcast.dreamwith.org to continue discussing any topics on the show and answer questions that we pose, including that one. Uh, we do love hearing from our listeners. And this week we sort of backed away from having the contributors pose their own questions. Instead, we want to hear what you think of the ones we brought up in our conversation. 
So uh, what are the biggest complaints or issues that you hear brought up about either younger or older fans? Why do you think that they come up and are an issue? And how do you think that we can resolve our differences and bridge generational gaps within fandom? Uh, we'd like to definitely know what you think, so join us there to keep discussing it and throw in your two cents. We're also going to be posting some great links and content related to this topic on our Tumblr at otpodcast.tumblr.com this week, so be sure to follow us there as well. I know um, I haven't been the best lately at updating the Tumblr regularly, but I really am going to try and start kind of refocusing and make sure we get some great stuff up there uh, as well. You can find us on Twitter as at the OT Podcast. Uh, and you can subscribe to our show on iTunes, SoundCloud, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, Google Play, basically about anywhere you find podcasts and in your podcast app of choice. We're also available on AO3 as the underscore OTP, so you can actually also author subscribe us there and find our thick recs from prior episodes. Uh, thank you again to our contributors and to Peter Schakowsky, as usual, for our theme song and our logo. Please go check out his webcomic, Rock Paper Cynic. And finally, I'm going to leave you on a reminder that sometimes your kink is not my kink, no matter what age you are, and that's okay. <laughs>